Welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Before we get to introductions and the actual topic of the episode, drop five stars. Helps us out a ton. Let's us know you're enjoying what we got going on. Yeah, look at that. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, five stars. Joining me today to discuss everything Manchester United, Gareth, James, and small little Eric. How are we? Bonjour. <laughs> a stage name. We don't say that on the internet, though. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. I'm really excited that we've got a Man City fan, a Liverpool fan, and two Arsenal fans to talk about Man United. Yeah, we actually, that's what I'm saying. Man United is a pretty small club. There's eight people on this podcast, and not a single one is a United fan. Exactly. Exactly. City's bigger. City's bigger. All right. (laughs) I I think like half of us are Arsenal fans as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but we we want to talk about that. We want to talk about that. (laughs) Um, okay, let's get into it. So let's kick it off. Ten Hag has done amazing so far. I believe his win rate's like 70%. He's in four competitions. They're technically in the title race. We'll get to that in a second. How's he doing overall, Gareth? Oh, I think, you know, when he took over, I don't think anyone could have expected him to have done more. I think realistically, like um, if he'd been given the end of last season, they could be top of the league now because those first two games at the start of the season really harmed them. And I think it was just a thing of he needed a bit more time to get his ideas in play and stuff. If he'd been doing that back end of last season, come in, have the entire um, of preseason to sort it all out, um, maybe get his transfers done earlier because he would have been speaking to the board earlier um, and, you know, get someone like a Casemiro or whoever they might have signed alternatively in. um, They could be top of the league. But I think in terms of when he did come in and, and how he's done, I don't think anyone could have expected any more, to be honest. James, your thoughts? Yeah, this this uh, this bold dude has uh, addressed quite a lot of problems and increased a hell of a lot of confidence at Man United. Um, he's brought in needed players, such as Casemiro, got rid of players who think they're bigger than the club, no names needed. And he's <laughs> getting the best out of one of their best attackers, Marcus Rashford. He's playing him in his favourite position, giving him freedom, letting him just express himself. With the knowledge of if it goes wrong, you can do it again. It's not a problem. We have enough of the ball. He's also improved Fred a lot, which is crazy. But I think what the issue with Fred last season and the season before that, he just had pretty average partners. Whereas now he's got Casemiro. He's got this elite partner. He's got this elite partner with him. Used to win. Used to win with uh, the Brazil national team. And if you like, if you compare like the heat maps from previous seasons. Fred now is in kind of a fixed position. He's on that left-hand side. He knows his role. He's up and down, up and down. Whereas the seasons prior, he was everywhere, which sounds great, but he's mm. not on Golo Kante. That's not his game. This is Fred who likes to be actually further forward more than anything. So he's now got his like fixed position and it's improved his game a lot. And I think that's a real like niche thing that he's improved. Eric, over to you. No, I totally agree. They've totally solidified what was... Quite a disheveled midfield for a couple of years. They've been trying so many partners in there. With Pogba, they could never find the right guy next to him. It worked with Matic and Herrera a little bit in the season with Mourinho. But since then, they've had McSauce, Fred, just all kinds of bodies in there that didn't really make a good pairing. But now with Casemiro, when they had Ericsson, it was looking good. Now, obviously, he's out. But Fred's come in. Looks fantastic. I think Sabitzer will also have a good, big part to play when he comes back into the side think that he's a very good player and yeah balancing that with bruno absolute bastard but you can't deny he is quality he's having a great season 
I hate. I him, know though. it's gone he's... under the radar a bit because everyone else is performing so well. But oh, he's, he's been fantastic. better than De Bruyne. Could back that, especially yeah. this season. De Bruyne didn't. He scored his yeah, first goal. In I'll give you that. Four months the other day. It's the fact that with De Bruyne, we're going off topic, but I'll be very quick. With De Bruyne, if he doesn't score assist, he doesn't really do anything. That's um, right. at least at least this season. Whereas Bruno, his all round game is just so much better. Um, but yeah, continue, Eric. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> and defensively, they've definitely got it together. Shaw's always had it in him, even since I would say Mourinho left. He's been fantastic, but especially this season, he's looked good. Juan Basaka, he's not letting anybody past him. That's who I was the center back pairing. Both have that dog in them, so you got to respect that. Is there yeah. anything he could be doing better? Is there anything you're like, you know what, this could this could be improved? It's not a better striker, I would say. Striker. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to that, though. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. In turn, obviously, you can look at the goalkeeper and the striker in particular, and those are easy places to uh, improve upon in the summer. But in terms of what he's done, I think it, it's hard to really find anything with the players he's had available and stuff. It's really hard to... Uh, you could say that Anthony hasn't quite worked out yet. I personally do rate Anthony quite highly, and I think it will come good. And in some games, he looks really good. And when he's not there, I think you can kind of see, you can see what he brings. Um, but I think that's something where he could have got more, I would say, out of Anthony. Um, but again, sometimes players need a bit of time to adapt. So it's nothing I'd criticize him for. I think Delo um, looked really good at the start of the season and had his injury. And I think he is ultimately a better choice than Wambasaka. But uh, and I think they could be doing better with him back in the side. Um, but like it, it, it's really hard to like find bits without just being like, well, he's got De Gea. He could drop De Gea, but like realistically, the backups aren't any better, and he is good at certain things. It's just he's not the complete modern goalkeeper, is he? But yeah, like when even even earlier in the season, like I said with Delo, I was really impressed with how he'd started getting the best out of him because Delo, someone I always rated, loved him at Milan, and it just never seemed to quite click. And as soon, I think that was like the first player where he got that player like ticking. And I was like, okay, he's going to do something. And then Rashford started ticking. And then uh, Bruno really started coming into his own. And now I think you're seeing Sancho play better as well. It's just like, you know, slowly but surely, he's like just improving everyone in that squad. James mentioned Fred as well, who I think moving forward will be, I don't think he's a starter. Um, Again, we'll get on to who they should sign later. Um, But Moving forward, I don't think he should be a starter, but he will be a ridiculously useful squad player, kind of like Jason Park back in the day. Yeah, the legend. Okay. <laughs> well, we have the League Cup final tomorrow against Newcastle. Big game for both sides. Newcastle, I believe, haven't won a major trophy in 67 years. And I believe Eddie Howe has put that on the TV that greets the players every <laughs> single morning when they walk in, which I love. And, you know, this could be the first possible major trophy that Ten Hag could bring back to United. What are, what are we expecting from this game? What do you think is going to happen? Who's going to win, Eric? I don't think it'll be a rollover like someone suggests because they don't have Nick Pope. I think Newcastle are going to be totally up for it. Usually when smaller sides get into these finals, they're always like pretty up for it. Like Arsenal playing Hull, City playing Villa a couple of years ago. And they're having a fantastic season, Newcastle, but... Yeah, it'll be a tough one. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe a Carious Redemption. <laughs> Maybe Rashford will turn up in the final, be the hero. A lot of storylines in there. James? Yeah, Udpest were the last team that Newcastle beat in a major final in City's Fair Cup 69, I think, or something like that. Um, I've heard a podcast on it. 
Um, yeah, I am. Um, I do think United will win this. It won't be a rollover because Newcastle are a very structured side. Um, Bruno Gimaraes is back, which is just massive. Dog. They've beat. Yeah, he's got that dog. Battle in him. of the Brunos. <laughs> yeah, Battle of the Brunos. And it's not a th- Sasha Baron Cohen movie. <laughs> <laughs> also better than De Bruyne, by the way. Yeah, who Bruno or hey, yo, as in like f- Sasha Baron f- Cohen's Bruno or Sasha Baron Cohen's Bruno? Is it because okay, I have okay. the De Bruyne jersey next to no, me? No, no, it's just slander. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to just trying to wind you up, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> the big issue here is Carius. Now, the last time I saw Loris Carriage play for Liverpool, he <laughs> it was actually a friendly against oh, Tramir Rovers. Oh, the Irish team. And he spilt but, it. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, Tramir Rovers, he spilt it. I put a video out on Twitter. It got like 15,000 retweets. And uh, I think that's that was the catalyst for Liverpool signing Allison, I believe. Um, Your tweet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my tweet, 100%. Um, <laughs> you know someone the, at the club It was on the same that. day France faced Belgium in the semi-finals of the World Cup. Um it's just an issue, isn't it? That's the top. He's barely point. played. And I think, did it, was it Besiktas he played for? He made like a big error in the conference league or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so interesting. And I do think United will win. I think it'd be 2-0, personally. Just yeah. too strong. Yeah, Newcastle's attack is kind of like very hit and miss. And more times than not recently, it's been fairly miss. I think that's one of the major worries. They have got Mark Gillespie as well, who's also a goalkeeper, who like... The fact he's a Newcastle fan, like I just see if if he were to start, um, I could see him just like having the game of his life and just yeah. it just being one of those moments where you just like, okay, he's just had he's he's not a great goalkeeper, but he's just had a ridiculous game because is he Keith he Gillespie's so, son? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> who he is. Uh, that would be that would be amazing if he was. Um but yeah, uh on the on the game as a whole. I think Newcastle's fans are gonna could make such a difference. They're gonna be so up for it, um, so loud. United fans will be as well um, as they are in any big game. But um, those Newcastle fans could make a difference. Bruno being back could make a difference. And Newcastle are a different team when he plays. Like he is one of he's one of the best midfielders in the world. I think he's so good. And if he was at like not that Newcastle aren't a top club and won't go on to be a top club, but if he was at like one of the biggest clubs in the world, I think you're getting best midfielder in the world shouts from a lot of people. Um, I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying a lot of people would say that. Um, yeah, he'll make a big difference. So I'm really hopeful Newcastle can do it because I think it'd be a lovely, a lovely story, especially before they properly start like splashing the cash to a ridiculous degree. If they could get a nice little trophy and you yeah, know, before everyone starts you... hating them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think just that you can't you can't bet against United at the moment, the form they're in. The only thing I would say on top of the Newcastle fans and Bruno being back is United played midweek as well, a very intense game against Barcelona. On one hand, yeah. they'll be riding high after that. On another hand, they could be tired. So I do think it'll be close. I'll go 2-1 to United. Um, I'm hopeful that Newcastle can at least, you know. Get their moment. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they go 1-0 oh, up. 1-0 up and away. then they lose it. <laughs> but I, I really want Newcastle to win. What yeah, was I your prediction, I didn't give one. I'm going to say 1-1. United went on penalties. De Gea Ooh. redeems himself for the Europa League final. Penalty Ooh. disaster. Carius redeems himself in the penalty shootout. Yeah. Ooh. You never <laughs> know. Two, two opportunities. De Gea's, you see his pathetic attempt to save Lewandowski's uh, penalty. He's not saving any penalties. Oh, oh you can't blame him. He kind of slipped and touched the ground first. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He got paper, paper wrists. Lewandowski has he like six times. I love their reaction. The crowd's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Yeah, no, my thing, you know, 
United are in immaculate form at the moment. Newcastle this season have more draws than wins. They're going <laughs> to want to come out. They're going to want to be tough to beat. Um, but I, I just don't know if that mentality is great for the for the Premier League. It's good, mm. I think, in one-off games. So I think it's actually a benefit to Newcastle that they're very de- defensive, conservative, attacking. I think what really comes down to it what 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 it'll come down to is the effectiveness of Newcastle's counterattack. I think we all know they're going to try and park the bus, get quick on the counter. Depends if they play Isak. I think Isak is very very good, but mm. obviously he's very very raw. Um, he's not he's not quite molded. But mm. as much as I want to see Newcastle win, and as much as I hate to say it, I just with the form they're in, I don't think anyone can really stop United, um, least of all Newcastle. So I'm gonna go. I'm going to go 2-0 to United. And speaking of, you know, the form that they're in, they're hard to stop. Are they in the title race? Could they actually pull this off, James? Yes, 100% they're in the title race. I can't, I can't, I, I don't have the table in front of me. Someone might be able to tell me how many points behind they are, but they're like not five. Exactly, like five points behind. Yeah, like, yeah. And there's 15 or so games left. That's long, absolutely long season. Good. That's yeah. absolutely doable. That end. is. These are in the best. These guys are in the best form out of everyone. That includes Arsenal and Manchester City. Mm. Um, I still think Arsenal will win it. However, would it shock me to see Man City and Arsenal drop even more form with United carrying it on? No, absolutely not. So I can. They're absolutely in a title race, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think obviously I agree, I agree with James that they're definitely in it. Um, and again, like James said, they've got the best form, and so that's definitely they're kind of hitting form at the right time. You know, one thing I would say is that they're in all the cups, and I think Ten Hag is going to try and win everything he possibly can. Um, I think he really wants to win the Europa League. Obviously, they're in the uh, the League Cup final, and I think he'd like to win the FA Cup as well. Um. And then on top of that, they've still got you know quite a few difficult games to go. They've got a, a fairly difficult period where they've got to play Newcastle away, Everton, which are just going to be a tough team to beat. Fighting towards the end of the season, those kind of games get really tough. Um, then they have to play Chelsea not long after that, Spurs not long after that. I think Chelsea will be in better form. Spurs will be in a, a top four race, so they'll be desperate to win. Um, Villa aren't an easy team to beat. West Ham away again, a, a relatively um, difficult game going away to there. Um, everyone's got difficult games, but I just think they have that like clump of games where, um, and then they got to play Liverpool before that as well. So I wouldn't put them as favourites, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did manage to do it somehow. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finished second. Like I, th- I think it's it's all to play for basically, and it just comes down to who can win their games. That sounds really simplistic to say, but yeah, Eric. Yeah, I fully agree. I've just been looking at their fixtures as well, and they're they've got us out of the way. They've got City out of the way both times. They do have to go to Anfield, but that's their toughest game, and that's that's not as not the fixture it used to be. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Arsenal back in uh, ninety seven, ninety eight. I think we were sixth in January, but there were only about six or seven points between us and the top of the league. And we weren't we were even kind of... What do you mean? It no, 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 no. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, and... that was a lot. Yeah, when I was a wee spunk, I was remember <laughs> I was watching on the TV, but it didn't really seem like there was that big a gap, even though there's all those places, and they just turned turn it on, won a bunch of games, they won at Old Trafford, and 
it all kind of went for them. And United could easily go on a run of about six or seven wins in a row with the Mm. fixtures they have. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them up there in second or fully going for the title, which would be probably the best title race of the last few years. Dare I say, if three teams are involved Mm. and they were to come out on top, that would be like a stunning achievement. Yeah. Yeah, this is the this is the like three four horse title race that we expected last season that ended up just kind of being between Liverpool and City. Um, I think they're definitely in the title race, but my thing is I don't want to have the like you know they're in good form. I don't know how long it'll last though. Mm. When 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 a team's in such a great like run of form, it seems like it's gonna last forever. And Arsenal's lasted like nineteen games, which is half yeah. the season, which is incredible. Um, my thing is, I, I don't know if they're capable of continuing this for so long because the team's very young. They, they do have a little bit of experience, like in their midfield with their defenders, but the attack in particular, very, very young. A lot of players haven't really been in this situation before. I think they're in the title race, but I don't know if they're gonna, um, win the title like i don't see them winning the title mm. you've got that lingard syndrome Starboy rashford is 25 <laughs> is he no 25 yeah. thank you eric i'll be saying this forever damn yeah you've been saying this since he was 18 have you James? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I, th- I think i do think um the fixture congestion if they do keep going deep in all these tournaments i think that will catch up with them i think there's a similar thing for city as well it's if they go deep in the champions league maybe their attention turns a little bit more to that they slip up a couple of <laughs> times in the league um which is what i'm why i'm hoping arsenal can do something because i feel like in those crunch times i think uh arteta will be okay to kind of rest players in the Europa League and stuff like that. I don't think Ten Hag wants to do that. Um, although if it got to the point where like they're, you know, a couple points off the top and they're really going for the league, maybe he does. But yeah, I just feel like he's going to go balls out for absolutely everything. They haven't got the best depth. Um, you know, if Rashford were to get injured, they're screwed, <laughs> essentially. Um, if if Casemiro got an injury, you know, if, if Lissandro goes out, the defence falls apart because... Varane, as great as he is, really needs that partner. Um, and you know, Maguire and Lindelof aren't aren't those guys. So um, yeah, there's a lot of like variables for for United and maintaining it over an entire season, as Rohan was saying, is much harder than just having a really impressive run of form. So we'll see, but they're definitely in the race. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely in the race. Definitely in the race. And I, I like what you said, you know, they don't have a ton of depth. So who do you think they should sign this summer, Gareth? Well, <clears throat> The number, well, the two main positions that I think most people point to are the striker and the goalkeeper. Uh, for obvious reasons, De Gea is not really, he's performing to an okay standard, but realistically, when you look at it statistically, when you watch him game in, uh, game out, like on the ball, he's not that good. As a shot stopper, he's incredibly overrated. He's not elite. He's not even that great. Um, I would say he's relatively average to be honest um, and numbers back that up as well he's capable of making these great saves which people remember but consistently he doesn't actually do all that well um, so yeah I think he's someone who absolutely has to be replaced and 
the guy I would go for in goal is Diogo Costa from Porto. I think he is the Alisson regen. I think he'll be the best goalkeeper in the world over the next 10, 15 years, unless some other ridiculous youngster comes along. But in terms of who who's out there right now, I think you go and get him. He sorts your goalkeeper position for the next, again, 10, potentially 15 years, um, depending on how, how long he can go for. Um, he's just the complete goalkeeper, essentially. He can get him for 75 million. That's his release clause. And I think that is the position I would be most willing to spend huge on because I don't think it's a risk whatsoever. And whilst there are cheaper alternatives, um, I don't think any of them provide the longevity or the quality that he does. And I think you see with Allison just how big a difference a goalkeeper of that level can make. I'm not saying he's there yet, but undoubtedly he'll get there in my mind. Okay. James, what's one of your signings? Um, well, originally, I I was going to go goalkeeper as well, so I went Gregor Corbel from Dortmund. Um, just a little bit different to Dio Costa. You know, he's, um, he's he's confident on the ball. He's a very good shot stopper. He's a really, he's makes some fantastic reflex saves. Really good goalkeeper. I, I don't think they'll go for him. I think they will go for someone like Costa, but I'm just throwing his name in the hat. Uh, someone else I've gone for is Rasmus Hoyland from Atalanta. Uh, 20-year-old striker. Quite quick, but one of his biggest strengths is his, is his back-to-goal ability and linking up play. Um, he's a strong runner. He's comfortable picking up the ball on either wing. I'd say only 20 years of age, scored seven goals in 21 games, which is nothing to be sniffed at. And I think playing for Gasparini's Atalanta is really helpful for him. It's so free-flowing and expressive. I don't think he personally like fully fits Man United. I think they're probably more looking for a poacher, which that's not his game. But I can see why they'd go for him and be interesting to see how his game develops. It's somewhat different to um, uh, like an Aussie man or Vlahovic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think with with Hoyland, I think he's not quite ready for that step. Oh, yeah. I would, I would definitely sign him this summer and loan him back to Atalanta because, um, number one, they would probably be willing to take less money if you're if you're willing to do that. Um, and then also you are getting him before he explodes and then they add an extra 50, 60 million to his price tag. So I definitely sorted out, but I don't think he's the guy who comes and starts immediately. Um, you mentioned Ossiman and Vlahovic, who are both obviously elite options, but will be very, very expensive. I just think Ivan Tony, go and get him. That's, um, what, I, that's who I had. Yeah, I, th- I think he will be reasonably priced. He's a good age uh, coming into his prime. He's got the all-round game that Ten Hag loves in his strikers. Um, very good finisher. I'd say he's on par with uh, someone like an Ossiman in terms of his finishing. I think his in, his link-up play, I think, is better. I don't think he'll dominate a defence as well as Ossiman, but then he can still you know, dominate a defence in that kind of Drogba-esque style, which I just love and I think would suit United so well. So, yeah, I, I would go for Tony, but Hoyland, definitely a good option uh, for, for the future. And then, obviously, those more expensive options, I just think... You can do better business, basically. Eric, who are your signings? On uh, goal, I'd like to see Georgi Mamardashvili. He is Georgian yeah, yeah. goalkeeper from uh, Valencia, who are totally in the mud. They're like in the relegation zone in Spain, so they could definitely get him on the cheap. Young, upcoming, could be their shot stop for the next 10 years. Up top, I think Jonathan David would suit them really well. I believe he's still the top scorer in Liga. Absolute baller for Canada, except in the World Cup. In World so, Cup yeah, qualifiers, qualifiers, there's no one <laughs> like him. But some of those games are against U.S. Virgin Islands. But I think the dream up top for them would be Victor Ozzyman. 
depending on how well Napoli do, they get deeper in the Champions League, win Serie A, which they'll do. Maybe the prospect of staying there for a few more seasons will prevent Aussie men from leaving. And I, I think it would so. cost a ridiculous amount because they paid a lot for him, so they'd want to make yeah. a good amount of profit. And there aren't many better than him at the moment. Like I said, one of my signings was Tony, but my in-goal signing is someone I think is very underrated, and they could get very cheap Jose Sa from Wolves if they go down. It's possible. I think he's a good keeper. He's excellent shot stopper. He's not the best with the ball at his feet, but he definitely knows how to kick it. I um, love his sweeping as well. I, that's mm, something I, yeah. I noticed with them last season. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Jose Sa. I think the only question mark around him would be the age, but if you can get him cheap and that allows you to get an Aussie man, it's just like, yeah, like it's not a bad signing at all, you know? Yeah, yeah they, were, they were ridiculously good defensively in the first half of last season. They were amazing. Yeah. And a lot of it was him. I mean, they've fallen off horribly. the wall. Um, oh, I know. But, okay, last signings, right, for everyone? Yeah. Uh, All right, Eric. Yeah, I've gone, with, um, or James I've gone with Frankie De Jong. I think it's pretty simple. He's, he's kind of like that big upgrade on Fred. Technically gifted. Really balanced runaway. Done the ball. He just kind of glides a bit. He picks up the ball in the half turn, and he just glides. You know, he's just... He's just... And he's running. Someone goes for a slide tackle. He just jumps over him, no problem. He's just a joy to watch, isn't he? Strong passer of the ball who can keep it simple, but also has the ability to attempt that ridiculous pass and can control a game which has been exemplified ever since Xavi's joined, in my opinion. Mm. Just, I think he's a perfect suit for Man United. Jesus, and obviously he's worked with Ten Hag. He doesn't want to go, though, does he? Barcelona is his dream club. He reduced his wages to stay, has made it quite clear he doesn't want to go there, is the only thing I'd say. I think he's like, I think he's the perfect player to go and sign. Um, but I just don't think it will happen. They chased him all last summer, and I think if it was going to happen, the Barca needed to sell, and he just didn't want to go. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the I- ideal signing. There are players of that mould where it's like you can try and get the next Frankie De Jong or whatever the yeah. next guy is going to explode. Someone like a Ishmael Benesser could be someone, or uh, there's that Max Kakare, uh, Leon as well. Leon, yeah. I like both of them. I'm, I haven't seen as much of Milan as I did last season, this season. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly how he's doing. Uh, every time I watch him, though, he looks very good. Um, Kakare as well. I've not watched as much Leon as I would like to, to, to really give an opinion on him. But from when I have seen him, he looks really, really good. Statistically, they both kind of suit that role very well. So that I would get someone in that mold for my my third player for sure but frankie de Jong's the dream it's just whether they can convince yeah. him basically yeah i think i think if he wasn't a barcelona it, he would absolutely move there it's just that's the club he's always dreamt of you know mm-hmm. eric your thoughts i'd say seco for fauna would be a good option you can play sort of Long. the eight or the six so he can mm-hmm. be next to casemiro if casemiro's out he could replace him mm-hmm. and yeah he's been like the best midfielder in france this season and it Lons have had a bit of patchy form, so they may not get into the Champions League, meaning that he would be looking for a move away. And mm. he's a former Manchester City player in his youth, but maybe he has that bit of revenge he wants to, to he see. He loved Manchester back when he lived there. Big fan of Manchester. Oh, do you there. know him, do you? Yeah, good, good mates, good mates. Um, oh, first name basis. Close friends call him <laughs> yeah, Secky. Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I personally, I just call him Sec. Um, me and him, we like having sec. So, uh, <laughs> sec Fabregas. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. Guy. Yeah. That's a great shout. Uh, I think he's, he's fantastic. My final signing, I've gone with something a little different. Um, 
I think a winger for for depth. Um, I know I know they need a midfielder, but I wanted to spice things up. So my shout here. They have is got Rafinha. Ericsson still, so you know. Huh? Yeah. They've they, still they, they don't need a midfielder. It's just you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, my shout here is Rafinha. Um, I think if they can lure him over from Barcelona, obviously very hard buy to make. Um, I'm not sure how how sustainable it is. And then my second shout, Bakayo Saka, also no <laughs> signing a new contract. They, they As if. announced yesterday. Also crazy, crazy shout, but could be possible. Never know. No, Messi? not at all. Messi. <laughs> Bring another no, no, yeah, and yeah. The, he, he used to play on the wing. The the <laughs> realistic one, staying in the prem. But um, I I think they should try and get like McAllister and play him in that like wide slash like winger role i think he's very good i think he's ready for the move proved himself at brighton uh proved himself in the world cup and i think he's ready Play midfield as well that's a great shout yeah yep all right well that was our that was our episode on manchester united be sure to drop five stars thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time ciao bye-bye